0: Welcome to the General Knowledge Podcast.
1: It is a big idea. A new world order. by the military-industrial complex.
2: Season 3, Episode 20. Only about four more to go for the season before we uh, wrap up Season 3. But uh, I am here. We've got a few uh, people in the show uh, today. We've got uh, Ethan Nash, who has uh, joined in as well. Ethan, how you going, mate? Good, mate. Good to be
3: here for another packed episode. Lots happening continuously, oh, so it's gonna be, we're going to
2: break it all down. Yeah, it's going to be a huge one, mate. Uh, thanks for sparing the time. <laughs> uh oh, we'll get yeah we'll get stuck into some topics very shortly uh in studio studio if i can if I, I use that term very loosely in studio but i've got andy with me here as well andy how you go man it's thanks a very, for... it's a
1: very professional studio <laughs> with
2: like, all my junk in the corner I'm, yeah I'm well impressed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my star wars shit <laughs> clogging up the place yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. like the force is with us <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! But yeah, it's good to see you in the person, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. to have so you a, here. Oh yes. A, yes shaking uh, hands. Yeah, yeah. Good to have you.
1: Oh mate, we're all we're all good, and we're we're following a, like a one point five mil rule too.
2: Yeah, yeah. None of this one point five meter business. It's one point five mil. That's the only <laughs> distance you need. Uh, but yeah, well, it's good to have you here in person. Uh, you brought me some some stickers as well. Which oh you yeah, yeah. Them.
1: I bought you a big bag of stickers to you know like get the you know continue to get the message out there. Yeah, so putting um, it out there. Uh, courtesy of the White Rose General, you know. You might have heard of it, but uh, it's a huge um, Telegram channel uh, called the White Rose in there, and they have all the downloadable uh, files for the little brother printer that you can purchase from Officeworks or Harvey Norman or anywhere. And, I might um, put a link
2: in the show notes, actually, for yeah,
1: that. Yeah, too, yeah. For and, uh, we've been We've been having a lot of fun with that. Um, and during the Freedom Rally last weekend, we... Um, we we bombed the city with our little um, print, sticker printout. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Awesome. It Raises awareness and
2: um, yeah, yeah, just put something in their face. You know, when people are out and about and they see these stickers, giving them a message and telling them to think, basically, or challenging the narrative, which is good. That's what you need to do, hey?
1: Yeah. When they come up to the you know the crosswalks and 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 press the crosswalks with their elbow, they can they can have a look at our our stickers and our messages and and maybe try and get some. Small bit of added common sense to their minds.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's the idea. Um, all right. And we've got another, we've got a special guest with us for uh, for this show. First time on uh, this particular podcast. Uh, I have actually met her in person. We got to interview her for Real News Australia way back when we did the uh, no jab, no play, no pay, lockdown, I mean, not lockdown, uh, marches. Uh, in like, shit, what was that, 2016 or something like that? Jesus, it was a while ago. But the lovely Lisa Weckett is uh, joining us for this episode to have a have a good chat about what's going on and some of the things she's been trying to uncover. Lisa, how are you going, love? Well, thanks for coming on.
0: Good. Thank you for having me. Um, yes, it's been a long time since we got together, you know, either... Well, I think we were on uh, JD. It was his JLB. podcast. JLB, that's it. Jeez, yes, the so round long. table. The round table, that yeah. was it. And, um, yeah, we used to do that. And then, of course, as you said, the no jab, no pay marches, which were... Um, I looked
2: it up the other day and I still can't, I can't remember now
0: what year that was. Ethan,
2: did you remember what year that was? Just quickly off the top of your head. Yeah,
0: it was 20, 2015,
2: Yeah, was close. I said 2016. Yep. Yeah, 2015. Yeah. So six 16. years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yes. And this is how long we've been sort of communicating for and... You know, touching base uh, on uh, social media and sending messages, and you know, just helping yeah. each other spread the word and stuff. So it's always good to actually always connect. Once again, to folks like yourself, Lisa. Thanks for um,
0: for sparing the time for us for a chat today. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. It's um, I had a I had to drop out a little bit because I, as you know, then I was caring for mum and dad. Yeah. Um, but when they both their health declined, it became a much more full time job. And I just didn't have the energy or the time to have my fingers in too many pies. Mm-hmm. So I've kept an eye on it. I've kept in touch with everyone, but I you know, I haven't been out there doing any of my old kind of, you know, activism stuff. But this uh the Rona has brought me out from underneath my <laughs> shell. <laughs> out of the woodwork. The Rona has flushed you out of, you out of your work. hiding spot. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's uh it's an insanity I could not ignore. <laughs> and what a scam it is! And then we're, we're going to get into that too, and we're going to talk
2: about uh, some of the things you've sort of been trying to question, and you, know, you sort of liaised with me over the last week, and mm-hmm. you know posed a few interesting questions to me, and I sort of you know I guess encouraged you in a sense, and you were going to do it anyway, but to do some digging to find out with regards to the laws and things uh, that are that are currently governing the situation at the moment. But we'll get into that in a minute. Let's just let the listeners know. So. Folks uh, out there, uh, you'll obviously probably hear this perhaps uh, today is of course now Saturday the 31st of July. It's just after 4 p.m. And as uh, most of you will probably already know when hearing this, it's a uh, lockdown. Uh, lockdown. Shit. What is it? Five point oh, six point. Fucking hell! I can't even remember what we're up to I don't now. Don't give a shit. Um, yeah, because it doesn't bother really most <laughs> of us anyway. It, it only bothers the normies, to be honest. Um, I just go about my life as I normally would and don't let it bother us. Hey, Andy. You know yeah, what else? Well, what else can you do? I'm not going to sit there and fucking hide in my own home and worry about the fucking boogeyman man under my blanket and uh, you know someone sneezing around the corner. Like who gives a fuck? I'll just go and do my work. I'll go to the shops when I want to shop. I'll. Go outside, I'll see family, I'll do whatever the fuck I fucking want because these guys aren't going to control my life like this. And mm. uh, I mean, I may not be able to go to uh, Sydney in protest because um, <laughs> those guys are doing it tough down there. Um, Victoria, again, also doing it tough. And now it's come to Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane, southeast Queensland, is in lockdown once again. As of right now, as of four o'clock this afternoon, we are in apparently lockdown once more for three days um my i'm gonna put money on this one i would put i'd put 20 bucks on to say that this will go on a week it won't go for three days it'll go longer they're going to extend this one i think that's my gut feeling about this one andy what do you reckon on that? do you reckon this will end after three days and they're going to magically lift all our restrictions and uh, turn life around on us or are they going to extend it once again
1: i will not take your bet general I will like (laughs) no uh, bet, no bet. I think I'll, I think I'll be uh, losing my twenty bucks very easily. No dice. Ethan, are you gonna, you
2: gonna take that bet, Ethan?
3: (laughs) Yeah, it would be interesting to see, guys. Um, Our deputy premier Stephen Miles obviously introduced and said, "This is, you know, the toughest lockdown laws that we've had, or you know, lockdown restrictions. They're not laws, as we all know, but Mm. um, he said laws." But he said, um, these is the toughest restrictions we've had. So now, with all of this propaganda about high school students and more stuff about Qantas flights and all this type of stuff, I, I would um, not be surprised if it was extended a little bit more. We have to get back into the psychological operation, guys. We're, we've been a bit, um, ex- excluded from it. So we need to get back into there.
2: Hmm. They're not, um, they're not, you know, doing uh, psychological operations hard enough on us, apparently. So, uh, we've we 've had a bit yeah. too much time to, to to rally for freedom and, and organize marches so they 've got to lock down a bit harder hey ethan
3: ah oh, for sure and and now <laughs> and all the sports and all the entertainment and everything up here you know we've we've, we've had it pretty good, and mm. now hopefully um you know we get back into the the swing of things in terms of this whole corona narrative
2: now yeah yeah, and you've been putting up some uh some stuff on your website too. Uh, special rules. Scott Morrison announces medical apartheid for Australians. That only went up what today, yes. I think. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that one. Actually, you want, do you want to go over that one uh, now if you're if you're free?
3: Yeah, we can go over that one. General. So, yeah. So, as we've obviously spoken about on the show for quite some time, uh, there's
2: mm.
3: there's been this uh, notion of medical apartheid that's coming. And we've seen experts, that's not my phrase for it, its there's been experts that have said this, that said it when vaccine passports were rolling out all across the world. And it expressed this notion that there's going to be a class system uh, just based off of people's own medical individual choices that they make. And this has been confirmed last night in a press conference. Scott Morrison confirmed the new special rules Uh, that people will get if they're vaccinated to avoid further lockdown restrictions into the future and pretty much laid it out, guys, um, what the agenda is. He actually says, if you get vaccinated, there will be special rules that apply to you. Why? Because if you're vaccinated, you present less of a public health risk. You are less likely to get the virus. You are less likely to transmit it. And that's a quote from the Prime Minister in his press conference that's available at tottnews.com. And this is once 70% of the adult population become vaccinated, then they will get special privileges while the unvaccinated people, well, we'll just have to exclude them um, from society. And we all know what comes after that. What are they going to use to to be able to prove whether you've had a vaccine or not? Well, COVID vaccine passports have obviously launched through MyGov and all of these types of services a couple of months ago. So everything's all in position for this medical apartheid, despite the fact a week ago, Scott Morrison was saying, well, you know, we live in a free country. It's the individual right of of the person mm-hmm. to choose and be responsible for their health. And, you know, we're not going to make vaccines mandatory. And just within the span of a week, we've flip-flopped from that to now you're a public health risk. You pose a threat not only to yourself, but to others. And he floated this uh, a couple of days ago in an interview with 3AW, which I include in this article here, where he actually says that you are a threat not only to yourself, but to others if you're unvaccinated. And this is where we begin to see the morphing of the COVID narrative into this two-class system where people are going to be uh, discriminated against based off of their medical decisions, which they shouldn't have to justify. We live in a free country. If you don't want to take the vaccine, you shouldn't have to take the vaccine, especially with everything that we know. But now special rules will entice people to uh, become more vaccinated and will further drive this concept of a, a great split that me and I know Andy, yourself, we've spoken about this in general on the show quite a bit. So it's all happening, Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen. Um, The Prime Minister is floating. He said, oh, we don't know what that's going to look like yet. But as we've said, we all know what that's going to look like. So it's all happening, fellas. I'll throw that one back to you there, General. Did you see these comments? What do you think? It's um, it's a very interesting way to finish off what was already a big month, mate.
2: Yeah, I know. I know. It's... Uh, it's not looking good, but how Orwellian isn't it too? like when we you and I spoke about that I think on Thursday night on the bonus content show with Graham You know how they just all of a sudden just pick you know pick the new enemy It's Eurasia now like it's that whole just flipping the narrative again Because like you said Scomo came out the other day and was saying oh, your, your health is your responsibility It's your choice to do this blah 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 and then it comes out yeah, you know, with this sort of stuff And it's the complete opposite like What the fuck, man? Like, one minute you tell us one thing, the other you're telling us something else. You know, it's, again, keeping us in that perpetual state of confusion again. um, Who is he trying to appeal to? Is he appealing, trying to appeal to both sides of this? I don't know, but uh, you're right. This has all been in play. We knew about the vaccine passport stuff um, getting set up. Um, I think you put up an article, was it June? COVID-19 vaccine passport officially launches in Australia. June 10. I'm pretty sure you put that one up too. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're right. This this it was it, this was the plan all along. We knew it was coming. It's been we're of course a little bit behind the times in in, con, uh, in conjunction with the rest of the world because other countries like UK, uh, France uh was it Canada as well I think they're all they're coming really out Canada. saying yeah you want to go to the pub you've got to have a vaccine pass. you gotta do this you have a vaccine passport you know um so they're already doing it I and mean, we're just now starting to get to that phase now where like we said we're a little bit behind the times uh over here in Australia with regards to the rollout of these things but we know it's coming because we can see it coming they're telling us it's coming and uh, lo and right. behold here it is um <laughs> Andy, that's old, right mate give us give us your thoughts mate are you On uh, on that piece there, you know, so SCOMO's, you know, special rules for the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. It's it's that segregation again. Yeah,
1: it's obvious that Scott Morrison is handled, right? Yeah, well, they're all puppets, aren't they? Yeah, 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 but it's so obvious that the Prime Minister is handled. And and I think where these variances in, in different speeches that you see is probably like, probably off the cuff not so much now he's just like so controlled and so handled at the moment but like what what i see with Scott Morrison is that he might make a you know an off the cuff comment like oh, you know like we we can't you know mandate vaccines and we can't you know like can't force and, you to do yeah, this yeah we and... can't we can't sort of exclude you know people who have you know decisions about their healthcare in in certain things and then, and then you see the handle Obviously, the handlers come come involved behind the scenes and that sort of thing. And they go, no, no, don't say that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you can really feel it. Hey, and then uh, that's and when he flips the tune. Yeah, yeah, and then they flip right, or an actual like like proper document comes in, like the effing roadmap. And, it's and like someone's like got
2: that. a rolled up version of the roadmap and, and smacking him on so the so nose like serious. a dog going, Naughty, don't, don't say that. This is this is your roadmap. Stick to this. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which which like really makes me feel like so so much that the Prime Minister is so handled like like probably more than any other former Prime Minister.
2: Well, I so. think you can almost see The fingers popping out of his mouth from where the hand is going that far up his ass (laughs) because he's such a fucking puppet, you know. Well, you can almost see it if you look closely. (laughs) That's right, you know. Like so, um,
1: so yeah. Look, you know, like like Ethan touched on before, like we've been saying for well over a year now. um, You know, it's the great split of humanity and. you know it's just rolling on and rolling on and rolling on and and we are we are splitting it's them and us yeah we are we're at war like
2: what danielle said to me today Absolutely. We're, we're, this is our this is our war Absolutely. this is our generation's war you know we are Absolutely. at that point in that that apex of uh of our current generation and it's all coming to a head and now we're currently at war this is this is war again this is war for our minds this is war for our, the freedom of humanity yeah. And, uh, you yeah, know, we're on the forces of, we're on the side of rights and freedom and light yeah. and uh, all the oppressors. Surely it's got to, it's got to, it has got it can't keep going. It's got to, somehow it's got to give, you know what I mean? It's yeah. going to get to the point where people are going to just say no more. We've had enough of this. Um,
1: can, can I just touch quickly on war, right? The sure. description of war. Like like this is a new war. It's a psychological spiritual war that you're oh, yeah. involved in. And you look at the differences in war. So like let's just compare like say a war in the eighteen hundreds, like you know, like the Boer War or something like that in the late eighteen hundreds, where where men on horseback would charge at each other, or that or the Civil War in America where where two rows of like red coated like armies would line up on one side and, and another row of Blue-coated armies would roll up on the other side there, mm-hmm. and they all would like stand in a row and pick up their weapons and, and then fire at each other, and then and then they would reload, and then the other team had to go and they would fire at each other, and like like just that's war in the 1800s. Like it sounds ridiculous, but that that's what they did. So then and then you compare it to like the Second World War, and it's a more technological war with aircraft and like big cannons and. Mm. Much more sophisticated, like you know, like motorised machine guns, and
2: still two and, sides pointing weapons at each other, of course. Yeah,
1: but it's so different. It's so if you compare to soldiers from the the eighteen hundreds to soldiers in in like nineteen forty two, like for example, like Germany, you know, against mm. the Americans mm. and the British, this sort of thing. It's like technolo- technologically, it is vastly different, right? Mm-hmm. It's incredibly different. And then you go from say nineteen forty two to two thousand and twenty one. And what we're seeing is a war, but it's vastly different. No bullets, no, no guns, guns, no, no bombs. It's no, no, no. it's it's a te- technological war, but we're in a freaking war, like mm. no doubt. Like, but like, and 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 trust me, General. Like, the same amount of people that were killed in World War II will be killed in this new World yeah, War. Because III. of
2: because of a new technology, and that new Correct. technology, the new weapon of the age now is. Yeah. vaccines <laughs> Well, it could be vaccines. it's propaganda it's, it's um it's also going it's, to be
1: people topping themselves as well well that's Why?
2: true there'll be that element to it as well people just had enough and they'll they'll, they'll end it themselves and yeah, yeah. yeah i see what you're saying yeah it's yeah. the way it's metamorphosized into where it is now from what war. it used to be and, and that's and what i'm saying it definitely is a war now we are at 100 um, 100
1: and and people people in the say the 1940s couldn't possibly comprehend this kind of war. No, the same as the people in, in say, you, the Civil War in America couldn't possibly can like like envisage a war in 1942 yeah. and that style of war. So mm. this is where I see it. Um, yeah. Interesting,
2: uh, Lisa. I might just throw to you, love, and just get your um your take on. Uh, I don't know if you've had a, a read of his Ethan's latest article, but he kind of just went through it a little bit there, just to sort of bring us up to speed with what um, the special rules that Scott Morrison has announced. Uh, for a medical apartheid for Australians, you know, the us, yep. the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated uh, and, you know, how it's uh, basically, we've been talking about what we refer to as the great split and this great split of humanity. Um, does that mean, does that well, sort of make were, sense to we you? Give talking, us your take on it.
0: We were talking about it in 2015, weren't we? That's why we were marching in prison. We could see it coming. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. We knew then.
0: Yeah. Um, my, my hubby actually said a few months ago that, This period, like 50 years from now, the history books will designate this period of time as either the time that we were truly enslaved or the time the Civil War began. That's literally where we're at. And when I say Civil War, I don't necessarily mean like with guns and and that. But as you said, it is a war. It's a war for our freedom. It's, It's an ideological war that that's we we are in an ideal ideological war right now um and i've said i've said for years now people don't want freedom they want security and that's 80 percent of the population of the world Isn't that funny um and it's scary that it's mm. that that amount but at some point they've like i I saw I was so hopeful when I saw all the marches on the weekend I was like, well now we're actually getting it now we're understanding it takes tens of thousands of people to turn up, not hundreds, you know and people started are starting to actually see the stupidity and the hypocrisy in all of these crazy rules and like directives, and you can like uh, with Scomo, his stuff flip flopping. I agree completely. Handled, you, like you said, you can see the puppet right up his ass, the ha- the puppet handler mm. hand right up his coming right up his butt mm. and saying, say this, say that. You can't say this, you can't say that, because absolutely a hundred percent he is handled. Um, but even. In um, Victoria, I saw uh, Andrews come out on, I think it was Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, when he said, oh, the lockdown's over. Um, And he was saying things like, so don't have people over to your home. Don't have your family members over to your home. I know you haven't seen mum and dad. The grandkids haven't seen the grandparents for a few weeks now, but don't take them over. And then in the next breath he said, but the pubs are open and the clubs are open and the sport sporting fields are open. So you know what? You can't have 20 of your own family members at home for a dinner to catch up where you all know where you've been, you all know you're safe, but you can go down the road to the pub with those 20 family members and 200 other people that you don't know and that's perfectly fine. Yeah, well, I'm like, are you listening to yourself? it's, yeah,
2: it's insane, isn't it? Yeah.
0: I just my brain explodes I'm like how are people not seeing this and but the weekend did show that people are seeing this and I watched a lot of I watched Rv Yen- enemies mm, um, a few mm. of his bits and quite a few of those people had never been to any of the protests and their simple answer to why they were out now was we finally had enough
2: yeah. like we're getting you to push that state, people yeah that's right you push people too far and they will revolt um, yeah. But that's why they, you know, that's, that seems to be to me why they put an end date on some of these lockdowns to begin with. I'll say, oh, it's just for three days or oh, it's just for an, a week. Yeah. And then when you get to the end of the week, it's, oh, it's, look, it's just one more week, you know, they, oh, mm-hmm. I'll hold on a little bit longer. And then when, when people kind of stop to think about it, they will be like, fuck, wait a minute. I've already been on lockdown for two weeks already and then they're telling me it's just another two weeks or that's a month of, yep. I can't do that, you know, like people need to be sort of shaken loose out of their slumber and you're right, it was really mm-hmm. good to see, I, I wasn't at the, the Brisbane rally, Um Andy and Ethan were both there, yes? I was. I, I Ethan, well, you were there, weren't you? You okay. went to the the Brisbane one?
3: Yeah, yeah, I was there but I was tucked away on my laptop, oh, okay. uploading and... Making sure I got all the coverage out for the rest of the country as yeah, well. You were all over it; was good. It um, was just it was sort of business as usual in Brisbane, so I had the yeah. opportunity to just sit down and.
2: But would you? you and know, would both of you agree that there were more people at this one than there was oh, yeah. when we were there at the last, or the, yeah, the whatever the other ones? Keeps mm-hmm. more. Andy says heaps. yes. Ethan, would you say definitely more? Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, heaps more. I didn't even get to um, catch up with Andy because I couldn't, like, see him from where I was. I got there a little bit late and it was just packed in the park, you know. So it was really hard, as opposed to other rallies where, you know, we just walked in and, oh, there there we are. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah, Yeah, in in a sea of maybe a 1,000 rather than two or Um, 3,000. Although we
0: didn't have as many as the southern states, and I think that's because we haven't had it as hard in Queensland Mm -hmm. as the other states, and i I think that I think Queensland would revolt a lot quicker. Actually, I I don't think Queenslanders are as controllable as the southern states. In in all honesty, mm. even yeah, though I we see them all that, wearing yeah. their masks and like we were talking about before, mm. like I go to Coles and I'm literally the only person without a mask on. Yeah, um, and we've talked even... about
2: this before, Lisa. You don't need to, you, you know, like you might see these people with masks on, but Some people are just too afraid to not wear it. Whereas, given the chance to say, you know, oh, you know, we need you to come and stand up and rally, then they would. Quite happily get rid of the mask and and go along with it you know there's probably i'm starting to get more of it a vibe that there's definitely a lot more people on the side of wanting this to end and wanting their freedoms back and wanting their life back to normal than the people who are afraid of a virus i don't think people yes. are scared of, of as many are afraid of this thing that's going to kill them anymore because the, the
0: numbers just aren't there no and, and i think a lot of it too it's like the dance floor psychology. You know, when the dance floor is empty, no one wants to be the pers- first person on the dance floor. And I think the mask it's thing for most Queenslanders... <laughs> yeah. Well, I was always the first one on the dance floor, so I, I'm, I'm quite happy an to an be the, first, the only one in Coles with no mask on. Um, and I know in some of the groups that I'm in, in Facebook, a lot of people are starting to say this week... Oh wow! I was in Coles and I wasn't the only person without a mask on. Or I was at Aldi and mm. I saw another person. You know, and we had this smile, like this eye contact, like oh, another one. <laughs> you know, yeah, and so maybe it, yeah, it, it is happening. But um, I, I just, I think that we have not had it. We have not been pushed in Queensland yet. We've watched down south get pushed, but we haven't really been pushed up here. And I think if they try, I think Queensland would, we would kick up a stink a lot quicker than down south.
2: We have less police force numbers up here. I know that for a fact, of course. The numbers Mm -hmm. of the police force is a lot less up in Queensland. Um... And I can tell you now the the I actually think that the the coppers up here are a lot lazier and a lot more chilled than they are like there's a lot of dickheads of course there's a lot of fuckstick oh, ones There always is but yeah. I think for the majority of them they just they've had enough of it as well I think and they don't want to have to enforce this on, on people and they're a bit more like like I said you know like I've I've had a conversation with cops uh, you know with, with like the second lockdown in Brisbane and you know, we just stood our ground and said our piece and then we just went about our business and they, they were powerless to do anything. Um, whereas if that was in Sydney, you know, they're 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 just on, they're, they're fucking on roids yeah. down there. They, they would have gone me, you know what I mean? They would probably tackle me to the floor Insane. and and arrested me or something or something, you know, just for saying my piece. And, um, whereas up here, it's a little bit different story than that every other lockdown since. I've even walked past cops and they don't even give you a second glance and I'm, I've never worn a mask, you know what I mean? And they just don't yep, care. Same like, here. So... I think it's a it's a little bit different, and you're right. If people come, if push comes to shove up here, I think they're gonna they're gonna know that they're very quickly outnumbered, and uh there's yeah. nothing they can do about that up here. um But Lisa, what, well, I, what I've I... been saying. Oh, sorry, go Ethan. Please have your. Well, yes. Yeah. Sorry, just
3: to quickly add, I've been saying you know it, it would be interesting because I I agree with that sentiment. You know, in a sense, it's interesting to see what's happening in Sydney. I think they will kick up a a different kind of a fuss for a different kind of a reason, especially lower socioeconomic targeted areas, Mm -hmm. areas with minorities that we're seeing that a lot of these people that might have caused violence at the Sydney rally, you know what I mean? They're not traditionally in the movement per se. They're just, you know, people that are just angry and and et cetera, et cetera. Whereas if it comes to Queensland, almost, you know, there's such a rich activist network both in the Sunshine Coast all the way down to the northern rivers of New South Wales, which up to the northern rivers, they've also avoided a lot of restrictions Mm -hmm. in New South Wales. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got 5G activists chaining themselves to trees and the Byron region. Mm. The Sunshine Coast region is really, you know, the heart of this vaccination movement. It's where a lot of the, the key activists are. So many people that I know that run magazines and news websites and youtube channels and everything are based in queensland so there'd be more content to create on the ground you see i think there would be more of a threat in terms of queensland if there was a continuous hard lockdown where people would get up there because we have such a rich spanned um dynamic here not that other states don't But, you know, there's so many key players and figures and websites and everything based in Queensland that would be able to get more on-the-ground content. And and really, you know, I think that might threaten Mm. them a bit. You know, I think there's a reason why they've kept Queensland open for the footy and all this type of stuff, you know, because maybe they don't want to, uh, you know, rustle the feathers, so to speak. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, good
2: point. Oh, I would actually tend to agree with that too. I, I mean, Adam mm-hmm. actually from uh, the Crass Files podcast often says the same thing. He's like, you know, those guys up in Queensland—they know what they're doing. yeah, you know, they've they've got it. There's you know, there's uh, there's me, there's Ethan, there's all these there's Cairns News. Like, there's all these good websites and people doing good work from up here. Yeah, You're absolutely right, Ethan. Um, mm-hmm. Queensland's the uh, yeah. the activist hub, that's for sure. Um, but let's um, if we can just shift gears a little bit, Lisa. So again, just with regards to you know, your, you sent me a message during the week, and you were sort of. You posed the question to me, which I, to be honest, I couldn't answer, and I put the feelers out there, and I still couldn't even get a response. To be honest, but you you posed the question to me, and I'll 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 put it to the to the guys now if I can just quickly dig it up here, just while I um while I look it up, I've got it just handy here. So, um, what day was it? Monday or?
0: Well, didn't I didn't I ask you on when when we had the phone call? I think I actually asked it.
2: Actually, yeah, you did. It was on the phone. You said, yeah, you want to give me a call. But yep. basically what you're trying to do is you wanted you wanted to find out. You said to me, do you know what act or law they are, the government, the Queensland government or the government itself is operating under mm-hmm. to carry out the lockdowns, the restrictions, everything they're doing right now, what act or what law are they operating under to do this to us? And I said, you know what, I'm... I know there's a, there's probably, you know, I wasn't certain to be honest, but there's things like, I guess the public health act, um, there's a, there's a, there's oh, a, there's a, there's a COVID-19 act or something like there's mm-hmm. a, there's a bunch of different ones and I, I couldn't give you a straight answer. And I'm like, you know, have you done, you know, you knew you'd had an opportunity to, pardon me, since then, sorry, Andy and I are just drinking a couple of beers here and burping them up now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ah, always happens to me, uh, but yeah. And since then,
0: coffee. Damn, I got Coronas in the fridge. Should have told you uh, we were boozing. Oh, would have I, <laughs> gone perfectly
2: for the podcast if you've got Coronas. Um, <laughs> she, she's drinking the Rona, Um but yeah. So we're trying I'm to suss sort of, out what, what this I'm is muted. under. And and since then, yeah. you know, you've been tr- you've been doing some digging over the week, and and I just want you to kind of, uh, I guess, just let us know how you went. Just tell us about the journey you've you've gone through, yep. the people you've contacted, the government agencies you've been forced to wait and hold and. Try and get an answer from the responses you've had. Talk us through it, mate.
0: Well, I would actually, you you just said in that little piece, you'd be interested to know if Andy or Ethan know. And I'd like to know before I say anything what they think.
2: Sure, let's do that. Andy will go to you first because you're right okay. next to me. Yeah. Do you um, have a straight
0: answer? I think they're acting on the
1: advice of the chief chief health officer. That's the only thing I can offer. Okay, and yeah, whatever. And then
2: what? What what authority within? what authority she would would be uh, acting uh, under?
1: Public health advice. Public health advice from the chief health officer. That's all I can.
2: UN code, (laughs) something or other. UN like UN law. Who knows? Fuck World Health Organization, which is an arm of the UN. Uh, So I guess that's as far as Andy's um, thought on it goes, Mm -hmm. which is about mine as well, Ethan. What's your, what would be your response there? Let's, let's give us your uh, your expertise on. I mean, you've done a lot of writing on these things, a lot of digging yourself. So give us your best guess and uh, on this this answer. Yeah, general. If
3: I was um, to assume, I the last time that I sort of read anything about it was that they're doing it under the you know the Human Biosecurity Act at a federal level, the 2015 one that we mm-hmm. obviously spoke about yourself and I, Lisa, back in the day mm-hmm. when it first passed. Um, and then that is what is being used to then tell the states to then manifest their own versions of that in legislation and then that's sort of how the the chain of command goes but then there's a lot of There's a lot of questions and legal questions that are raised between, you know, what really can I be served under a state law or a federal law? The federal laws are different. The state laws are are much more intense than the Biosecurity Act and all of this type of stuff. That would be my um, just off the top
0: of the head understanding, if I could guess. Well, well, Ethan's actually close because what I have discovered (laughs) is that it is a labyrinth. It is a maze of different acts, acts which become subordinate to other acts, acts which cannot act inst- if this act isn't enacted. It's been the most crazy week. So the the big thing is everyone talks about the Biosecurity Act of 2015, which is a federal act, so it's Commonwealth. But the Commonwealth in the Constitution is not responsible for health. That that is a responsibility of the states. So I tried to find out how, if the states are responsible for health, what is the purpose of the Biosecurity Act on a federal level? No one could tell me. I rang the Premier's office, I rang the health, the Chief Health Officer's office. Um, I even rang the police, and and I'll get into that, the police commissioners. So, we have in Queensland, we have the um, COVID-19 Emergency Response Act, and then we have the Public Health Act of 2005, which has had a section added into it. And that is um, emergency powers relating to COVID nineteen. So in year. yeah, so in March of 2020, they amended the Public Health Act of 2005, Queensland, to include the COVID stuff. I've had two migraines reading this act. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It's 500 pages long. Oh, it, Jesus. It's it's insane. Um, wording. I think legal jargon, I've always said this, legal jargon is designed to completely confuse people. You can't read it and just go, oh, I understand that. You have to read it six times. You have to have a dictionary open, a thesaurus, and you know, like, what does it mean? And Google, and yeah, so crazy week trying to understand this and unravel it. Um, What I, now, again, I'm not a lawyer, so disclaimer. So if any lawyers are listening to this and feel that they want to come on next week and correct me where I'm wrong. Feel free. I'm, I'm happy to to be corrected. They're all in hiding for... now, uh, Lisa. They're all... you know? <laughs> lawyers yeah. don't want to touch well, any of this shit. <laughs> they don't, do they? No. It's so strange. So what I'm kind of figuring out is, is that it's the public health act overall that is governing the directions and all of that. Now, People have said, uh, well, wait, let me back up. So the COVID-19 response, Emergency Response Act was necessary. So they have to, in the Public Health Act, it says, if there is a public emergency, they have to declare an emergency and and that's what that COVID Response Act is. So in it, it has a whole bunch of things relating to other acts. So it's like if, if your emergency, you know, measures are going to step on act X over here, then the COVID response act sort of goes, well, no, that's okay. Under this circumstance, that act can trample on that act. Does that make sense? Uh So it's, it's, it's so, so strange. And in the COVID response act, there's a whole bunch of things about movement, restriction of movement and all of that. But, the most information about all of the lockdown stuff, the mask mandates, the contract tracing, all of that is in the Public Health Act. Um, So it's almost like the COVID Act gives them the power to actually implement the stuff that's in the Public Health Act. Although in my brain, I'm going, why? It's already an act. It's already been passed. It's already legislation. So why do you need an extra act? I don't know. Seems like it's superfluous
2: for some reason.
0: Yes, it's like it doesn't really need to be there. It's already because I'm reading them and they're kind of the same. I'm like, these are exactly the same thing. Um, but then you've got then you've got obviously the thing the the section in the Constitution that says where a law of the state is inconsistent with the law of the Commonwealth, to the extent of the inconsistency, the latter shall be invalid.
1: Correct. Yep. So you're
0: looking at the Biosecurity Act. And you're going, well, hang on a second. The Biosecurity Act, which is a Commonwealth federal law act, it says everything must be done individually. There is nothing in that Biosecurity Act that says you can lock down an entire suburb just by making a directive. That's in the public health act. Just to interrupt you there,
2: I've actually heard people say this. Uh, in videos and in writing, in you know chat groups and blah blah blah, quite a few times they're like, well, this mm-hmm. is all illegal. It's actually in breach of the the uh, Biosecurity Act 2015." I'm like, "Oh wow, that's interesting." And they're like, "Yeah, this section says you know like," and then they go they go fall back on that Constitution thing, which you just said that says if a state yep. makes a law that's in con- that contravenes that federal law, then it's invalid. Yes. You know what I mean? So that to me that makes sense. And so again it's it raises the question how are they still doing this to us so continue
0: on well how they are is then because the federal government is not in charge of health so in the constitution the the states are responsible for the health and the public so unless um so the biosecurity act federally only applies to federal officers it the the local officers Cannot implement it because it it's a federal law. Does that make sense? So if there was, um, I mean, in the in the scenario of say Queensland, say the premier decides to try and do all these really harsh lockdowns like down south, and Queensland revolts and goes, nope, not having it. I believe, again, I'm not a lawyer, but I believe from what I've managed to. Fight through the fog, is that they could then enforce the Biosecurity Act federally, and federal agents and police officers could come in and issue biosecurity orders right. and all of that sort of stuff.
3: Right? That's yeah. That's what I reckon.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's so that's where the the difference. That's where people are getting confused. So the police in Queensland are not operating under the Biosecurity Act because they're not federal police. The Queensland Police and New South Wales, Victoria, all, all of the state police, they're all operating under their Police Powers Act and the Public Health Acts of each state. So that's as much that I can unravel. Now, here's the part where it gets even more convoluted. The COVID-19 Emergency Response Act actually says at the very... Uh, at the very beginning, uh, uh, section four of part one, number four, the application of the Act. Now, this is state. This Act applies despite any other Act or law, so that means it's overriding everything else that we have in Queensland, except the Human Rights Act of 2019. So that means that, obviously, the Human Rights Act is above the COVID Re- Emergency Response Act. However, when you then go to the Public Health Act, it does not say the same thing. It does not... It basically says through many of the pages that I've read that it it is not, um, like, privacy, um, things are exempt um, for contract tracing, the, and, like again i'm not a lawyer so all of these words are very hard to remember but in layman's terms the public health act literally nixes privacy laws and um contact that's where your contract tracing comes in it says nothing about human rights act that i found yet mind you it's 500 pages i have not read all of it <laughs> mm-hmm. um so then the question becomes okay Is the COVID Response Act um, subservient or underneath the Health Act or is the Health Act underneath the COVID Response Act? Now, if the Health Act is under the COVID Response Act, then that means that anything in the Public Health Act that tramples on our human rights, which Queensland actually has a Human Rights Act, and, and Lee and I were joking about that the other day, it was they passed it at the beginning of 2019 and I'm like, I bet last year in 2020 they were saying, God damn it, what did we pass that last year for? <laughs> Can't let them have rights now, for fuck's
2: sake. Yeah.
0: Now they have rights, oh my God. But I was very surprised to see that we actually do in Queensland have a Human Rights Act. Now it also does say it's the same as the international... Um, Uh, human rights is that we can't be forced to have a medical treatment preventative or otherwise so if they want to bring in all of this mandatory vaccines and all of this stuff we actually now which we didn't have in 2015 but we actually have it now in legislation in law that they cannot coerce us force us or anything under our human rights Um, Human Rights Act 2019 Queensland But that's where the confusion is, is which law is, uh, which act is is in charge? So I go, well, you know what? I can't figure this out by reading all this stuff. I'm just going to ring the Premier's office. So I ring the Premier's office and bless her, she was so lovely, but she had no idea. She didn't know. And she said, but the health departments, the office of the health minister, they will know because it's more on, you know, it's the public health act. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Okay, I'll ring them. So I rang them. Uh, the first lady was very, very nice, um, but the lady that she then put me through to was very put out that I wanted to know how our legislative process worked. <laughs> Her question to me was, "Why?" I'm d-? I said, I'm, "I'm just ringing to find out under which act the the chief health officer and the premier are, are drawing their authority in order." For these lockdowns and mass mandates and all of this, and her first response, simple question, yeah, it is a simple question. Uh It's it's like you should, you know, that's fine. She goes, why do you want to know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: what a slap in the face! Hey, why do you want to know what we're doing to you? Don't question the dictator.
0: Pretty much. That's how it sounded. And very snippy. She was very snippy with me. (laughs) And I just tried to keep it very light and jovial and, you know, and I said, well, you know, I'm in a democracy and I vote and, you know, I pay my taxes and so I'd like to know how it all is operating. And uh, I said, I said, so, you know, no, I'm actually... I want to write a bit of a story about the protests on the weekend and I'd like to have some really accurate information and I don't want to put misinformation out there in the public. You know, I played, I played along very well. Um, but then in our conversation, she literally said, the gist of her conversation was, it's a mishmash of all of them. That, that's literally what I got from her. Wow. It's a mishmash of all of them. Not good enough. Not good enough. So then I'm like, well, I will ring the police commissioner and I will ask him. And that in itself proved to be quite interesting because as public officials, I was under the impression that they all, being paid by the taxpayer, that they all were required to have a publicly available, uh, publicly accessible phone line to their office so that the public, because they work for us, right? They're Mm -hmm. public servants. Mm -hmm. And we pay their wage. So we should be able to access them, either email, letter or phone. So the police commissioner is only contactable by email. So too bad if you live in the outback and you don't have the internet or you're 80 and you want to call and inquire and you don't know how to use an email, you have to call the police line, which is the one three line, Um that's the only number that's on the police commissioner's website. And I understand, you know, the, the the police department in general, like they have that, you know, hit. They'll put you through to whoever you want to go to, that sort of go-to one line that's manned by administrative staff. Yeah, yeah. But he's a minister. So he's the police minister or police commissioner, I should say. He's like the head honcho in the police force. Mm-hmm. I believe that he should have a landline and should be at least be available to speak to his secretary, you know what I mean, mm. or his admin mm. staff. Um, I so dare say I've he does, but it's
2: not available to the public. But it's
0: not publicly yeah. available. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've emailed and I haven't got a response yet. But my question to them was um, under this emergency, which act are the police um, operating under? Since, as I said, I'll, I'll I'll let you know if if I get a response. Mm, but I do. have read through some of this legislation, and from what I've gathered, it is actually like what the lady said, a mishmash of both. The Public Health Act has extra powers granted to police and medical officers under public emergencies, as well as so that they're allowed under the Police Powers Act. They have to suspect you. Of being, you know, of, of doing something wrong in order to ask for your name and address, but now under the COVID emergency powers, they actually can ask you for your name and address for without cause. Mm, um, right. wow. Yeah. Mm. So, um, and then the other question I had too, um, which the lady didn't didn't answer properly, but I kind of got the the idea of what she was trying to say. Is that people are talking about directives right so they're saying it's only a directive it isn't law and as far as we generally in layman terms understand law it is a bill gets created it goes to parliament it passes it becomes legislation and then it becomes law that's pretty much the layman's explanation of of how it happens so in this public health Act, the added part of the COVID-19 section, it then says in there that the Chief Health Officer can issue directives, a directive to do this, a directive to do that. Direct... So, it's in the legislation. So, the legislation was passed. So, directives under the Public Health Act are actually lawfully enforceable and must be abided. Now, isn't that interesting? Mm. <laughs> Scary now I'm us, sure but, yeah. that there's federal stuff that could challenge that, but I that I only had a week. <laughs> like I've only been i digging into this for a week. <laughs> like I'm still getting there. But it's it was very interesting how that that each act kinda overlays on another act or gives another act permission to do its thing. Well, and yeah, it's very
2: look Lisa, it to me this sounds like just layers of a bullshit sandwich to be honest. Mm-hmm. But um you know, it it's, is. It's,
0: it's totally layers of a bullshit sandwich.
2: Yeah, and it's definitely evident, like you said, that they changed the, those laws in mid t- March 2020 mm-hmm. to uh, in- include the COVID stuff with regards to the Public Health Act, because obviously that they they knew that any pre existing ones weren't enough to for the shit that they wanted to do to us. They're like, fuck, if we want to lock people down, we need to change these laws and add this and amend mm-hmm. it to, to include this. If we want to restrict their yep. movements, we gotta include it to do this. And what gives us the authority to do that? Well, this law says we can do that. So let's amend this one. Mm-hmm. You know, like so it's just layer upon layer of like that person said, a mishmash of all these laws, this gives them power to do that. But to me it 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 it, it all seems to stem and I could be wrong, but it seems to stem from the fact that it's the person in the position of the Chief Health Officer, um, which is, of course, um, Jeanette Mr. Jeanette,
0: Jeanette. Mr. Jeanette Young. Um, that, Whose uh, hubby has ties to pharmaceutical companies. Yes, that's correct. Oh, and oh, oh. I shared
2: that on the Real News <laughs> Facebook page as well. Yeah, what And, and Ethan and I went over that actually on the bonus show, to be honest. Uh, his ties and connections, yeah. Um, but she's she, the person in that position, which, of course, is Jeanette Young. So she has the power... To then do a declaration of a state of emergency, to, to mm-hmm. physically write one up and say, and to place our state in a um, uh, to declare a state of emergency for our state of Queensland. Given then that state of emergency declaration, that then enables blah 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 from there on inwards, which is included in whatever act here and whatever act there, and yep. we'll take bits from this one and we'll take bits from that one and. All that sort of shit, but again, it's it to me. All of this still reverts back to it's still all illegal because the 2015 Biosecurity Act set up these specific rules for individuals, not for you know a state, for example, or whatever. And it then and anything other than that than that current federal act uh, is nullified by the fact that the Constitution says so. Um, So to me, it's all challengeable on a higher level. So if anyone ever you know finds you for failing to abide a directive, then, well, you opt to take that to a magistrate, then the magistrate will most likely, if it doesn't get there and gets thrown out, if they actually do, if you do get in front of someone, um, you know, if, if it goes one way of them saying, yep, you're right, uh, will quash the fine or if they say no you've got to pay the fine well then you just take it to the supreme court and then let the supreme court have another go and then you've got to then try and take it to the high court and and keep challenging these things on and yeah. keep referring to the constitution because like you said it, it if the constitution is the what's getting broken here then that's the highest law in the country you know what i mean as it, yeah. even though it's still not the current you know and we can get into that whole rabbit hole of it not being the current Constitution is still all bullshit anyway and it's not yep. the right one and it's been yep. doctored and all that sort of stuff. You know, like, that, that's another can of worms anyway. But it is. It, um, is. It, it seems to be that's what they're operating under and they're not doing the right thing by it. But it's just because it fits their current agenda. Let me just yep. cross over to... So we've all been sitting here nice quietly listening to this friggin' rabbit hole you've been diving oh. down to to find some friggin' answers, which, but, to be honest, I still don't think and you've even gotten fun. a straight answer. No, you have no. not gotten a straight answer. They haven't... Emailed you back or giving you a website and said, this is it here. Click on this or you know he, follow these ones and that's the – you haven't gotten that. You have not gotten a straight no. answer from the people who are doing this, from the people currently so-called in officers. charge,
0: from them and themselves. And then the, themselves. Biggest question, the biggest question that needs to be answered is which act is – is on top yeah which one yeah
2: that's right because they can't be they can't be all on the same level on the same playing field one will override the other one will supersede the other one will that's right yeah um there is there is there's levels of these things that's right um yeah so we haven't gotten a straight answer Uh, i mean Mm -hmm. ethan this is one of the reasons why i wanted to get lisa on and to make sure you were here for me isn't that in that itself to me is quite mind-blowing that's fascinating that they cannot even give us a straight answer to say this is the law we're using to do this to us, you know, and so it, 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 when you hear that, Ethan, what does that mean to you?
3: Yeah, General, it's it's very interesting. It raises a lot of uh, questions that need to be addressed and these are questions that need to be addressed in courtrooms by human rights lawyers and all of this type mm-hmm. of stuff, but nowhere to be seen. And this is why I'm also dubious of so-called national class actions that you see, because as Lisa's pointed out, and I'm glad I was on a right track, even though I was nowhere near as in-depth as that, um, you know, but even though it's not on a federal level, you see the the states are the ones that are, are developing these laws on the advice of this federal thing. And there's a lot to unpack there. Mm. Um, you know, there's, there's so many questions that need to be asked that need to be asked by um Lawyers in court, for example, why is there multiple state-level COVID acts? So I can understand, as you said, Lisa, the the Health Act and, and say, a COVID act blending together because, you know, the police, for example, they operate under multiple acts. They're, they've mm-hmm. got five or six other acts they're operating under at once as police officers, for example. Yeah. So I can understand how, if they're explained well enough to mesh together, that it can mesh together. But why is there multiple acts... What is the, the role of Jeanette Young? And importantly, the question that would be raised is all of this justified. Does the science and the data justify it? And mm-hmm. that's why they, won't, they mm-hmm. won't follow up any of the fines. They won't follow up PCR tests, from what I've heard. You know, they don't want to flood the courts. They don't want these types of questions because it raises a lot of very interesting questions at a state level. And this is why I don't like national class actions because, you know, it's, it's not a national issue, these are oh. state-based individual laws that need to be questioned at a state level but it doesn't mean that the federal level doesn't exist as well and that's where the interesting part comes in and and a lot of things that I've been paying attention to in regards to that biosecurity law I can understand how they might be able to explain why the states have more and more powers as opposed to the original law it's almost like well this is a guide and if you go further that's your provision you know the same way with vaccine passports and everything scott morrison has said well that's their provision you know to, to do that i can understand that but in regards to the 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 security act you know we need to look at the fact that there's so many federal agencies that are now getting involved let's look at sydney you know you've got the military on the ground the australian army these are all entities that will operate under the human biosecurity act And even though that's not as as intense per se on a collective level, you know, on a personal level, this is why they're coming door to door and they're floating this type of thing. These are the officers that will um, enforce the, you know, these um, special enforcement orders that are under there that will give you independent. You are at independent threat orders. And then that permits them to do forced quarantine I believe even forced vaccines, they can give you jail time under that act. That is what is at the federal level. And we haven't been paying much attention to it because, as you've said, you know, there's so many people going around talking about that. But we've sort of understood there's some state laws that are really justifying this, if, if it all even justified. But now I think we need to also pay attention to the Biosecurity Act. And I'm glad Lisa brought up. You know, the fact and she's done such great research, you know, to confirm this, you know, what I've sort of been suspecting is it's two separate entities that are that are handled at two different levels. And there's lots of complex questions involved. No one will be able to give you a straight answer because only the people developing these things will know, as we've seen with everything, pharmaceuticals, what have you. It all just gets passed down the line and ticked off from more people that are just, you know, appealing to authority above them. So it's really only understood by the people developing these things at the highest levels. And I think Lisa's done some great work to discover these things. And I think, you know, listeners again, we're not lawyers. We're not, you know, giving out legal advice, but just be aware that there's two separate things. And, you know, that some of these things are are, are different and, and different offices have different powers and different states have different things. You know, we have a human rights act, for example, the main thing is it needs to be challenged and no one's there challenging these questions to say, even if this is all legal, guys, how is it justified? How is this and, all and can justified? Can I just
0: interject what you said about the legality of it and the, and the minefield? A, this is why 90% of everyday Australians just shut down and go, whatever. I don't care what authority because I've had – like this, just this week – just trying to go through this and still couldn't unravel it. And so the average person goes, That is I don't have that kind of time, you know, to sit down and 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 figure out if they actually have the authority to do it. And B, one of the things, and I said this to Lee on the phone call, that the lady I spoke to at the health department said to me, or the the chief of health office officer's office said to me, was Um, I said to her, well, because she said, look, you know, I really don't, I really don't know all of the answers to your questions, you would have to speak to a lawyer. And I said, well, don't you have a legal department? Could you put me through to someone in your legal department? Um, And she said, yes, we do, but that's only for us. And I said to her, I went, what? Like so wow. you want me to go out and pay $120 an hour to to a lawyer to just to explain my the legislative process which should be my right as your employer who pays your wages to know their legal department so obviously they have lawyers that sift through all this stuff and make sure they're crossing their t's and dotting their i's but we should have access there should be a spokesperson In each department, in the Premier's department, in each Minister's department, if they've got a legal department, there should be a public legal liaison so that when people want to know, explain this to me, we have someone with the knowledge available publicly to answer our questions. We should not have to go and see a lawyer to get these kind of answers of our government. Mm, You shouldn't have to have an advanced
2: law degree to fucking be able to sift through this thing that's controlling us.
0: No, and look, if I was PM, the first thing I would do is I would rewrite every single act into English, and not legalese. Mm. Like, make it simple. And again, I would put a stop to 500-page bills. Like, this is just ridiculous. So,
3: well, that's yeah. We spoke about that in 2015, Lisa, when they would hmm? pass the no jab, no pay laws. You know, a lot of these laws get passed. 2 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. They get 24 hours notice to read something that's 500 pages. And so they yep. don't have the time, these people that are voting on it, to know what they're even voting on. Yeah, so so that should be illegal. They like,
2: shouldn't be allowed to do it that should. shit.
3: Nope. Yeah. yeah. No, we've seen it with surveillance laws in 2014 and 15, all of those um, anti-terrorism legislative pieces that went through. It was at 3 a.m. in the morning they were required to vote on these things. <laughs> and now they still do it just digitally.
0: A, and so, a bill should be publicly available for three months before it's voted on. The public should be able to read over that bill, speak to their MP, say, I don't understand this, or, or I don't want you to vote yes on this, or I want you to vote yes on this. It should be for three months before a bill goes through the parliament. It should be publicly available for our scrutiny. Yeah. Well, a if it was a true democracy,
2: we would all have a say in it rather than Yes. Um, having our representatives have a say in it, we were yep. all just fucking, you know, party system bullshit fuckers anyway. But it's it's not real democracy. No, we it's know. not. It's a, it's, a <laughs> it's yeah, it's a fake democracy.
0: We're still serfs. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, and another interesting. They just expanded
0: point. the uh, castle castle walls. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, 100%. Another interesting point as well is, I I, I want to get your thoughts on it, it almost seems the propaganda as well. I'm sure there's a lot of human rights lawyers out there that would be able to tear these things apart. But I've seen, you know, people want to know where the human rights lawyers and this Council for Civil Liberties and all this mm. type of stuff has gone. They all buy into the propaganda. So they're not even looking into it. Yeah. They buy into this propaganda that. No, see, freedom is more complex than your individual freedom. These people yeah. have the freedom to not be threatened by you as a public health threat. They yeah. have human rights as well, you see, and they're they're falling into the propaganda mm. of the government and are just abandoning the individual. So I'm yeah. I'm interested to get your thoughts on yeah. that, especially you, Lisa. You they're know, very, what do you think about that? Because I think that that's the case as well. That the propaganda is also combined with the legal jargon um, sort of sort of distracting those that might be able to help us away from the real cause because they've all disappeared.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a huge problem. I do think, like I was saying before, a really key point in this whole exercise is figuring out if that Coronavirus Response Act is above the Health Act because if it is, the human rights issue is arguable because it says right there it it, it's, it affects all the other acts except that one. So the Human Rights Act trumps the COVID Emergency Response Act. And if that then is above the Public Health Act, we can say, right, well, you can't, you know, anything that infringes on our public, our, our human right as per that act, you can't do to us. We could challenge it. But that's the question, and that's the question that these, as you say, civil liberties and human rights groups should be asking. But I agree, I think a lot of them, because you've got to remember, especially the human rights lawyers, they're lawyers. So they've been inside the system. They've still been brainwashed by the system. So when the propaganda, and as we were talking about earlier, that the the meme, it's not a meme, but the, the fact sheet that, that uh, Lee posted the other day about The KGB saying that if if two or three months of just bombarding people with messages of fear, you will not be able to then unravel them. Even when you give them legitimate information to counter the propaganda they've been given, after three months, that pathway in their brain has been solidified and you can't bring them back and that's what we're seeing happening and i agree with you i think the people in these civil liberties and human rights um groups that we saw back in 2015 and even after who were very vocal about things they've been brainwashed and they've bought into the propaganda too they're too busy wearing masks. I don't know what we do. Don't tell me I have to go to university, to become a human rights lawyer now. <laughs> yeah, get your license. Yeah, no, general, maybe.
3: What do you think, mate? Maybe it's time. You know, maybe a campaign towards these particular groups is in order. You know, maybe people should start contacting them, giving them flyers and letters, actually waking these types of groups up. What do you reckon, mate? Yeah, are we uh, should we be targeting them?
2: You, to be honest, I think that's probably a good idea. Andy, would you agree? Like, yeah. That's that seems to be one of the only avenues of um of you know getting some ammunition towards these this kind of scenario. We need we need backup, and where else are we going to turn? Yeah, yeah.
3: and they all love money. They all yeah. love money, lawyers. So there's lots of money to be made. Let me tell you, there's lots of people that uh, would would contribute and and pay you to to represent them. You know, perhaps yeah. we should break the propaganda on the individual. You know, society. Start, start crowdfunding some legal action. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> they did that with Fight the Fines in Victoria. Mm. You know, so many people um, have had those fines tossed out of court in Victoria thanks to the Fight the Fines um, movement. Um, so, yeah, we may we may need to look at doing something similar up here to, to get these civil liberties and human rights people yeah, on we board. need to do
2: a, a big call to action, I think, for some of these groups mm. to get off their fucking asses, take their masks off their face and... Yeah. realise what's really going on right now, you know, because it's going to get to the point where there will be no turning back and the only course of, uh, of action after that will be, um, you know, bearing arms and, and, you know, getting the pitchforks yeah. and the flaming torches and, and rolling no out the guillotines,
0: you know. Yep. But And that's the thing, though. I mean, I've, I've kind of rattled this around in my brain for a very long time is do we really not have any lawyers in... These groups that we're all a part of, like, is there not even one lawyer out there listening? Hello, <laughs> like, surely well, there even, has
2: to be. Even the AVN, uh, Meryl was saying the other night. You now that we, they need lawyers, they, they, there's no one in yeah. their organisation that's a mm. lawyer, or you know, they, they they're desperately looking for some lawyers to help them out with some action on this sort of stuff, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's even, maybe they're just uh, scared. The right, that's completely. that's why we need someone to. To maybe they just don't want to put their name against it, you know. Like there's a bit of that. We need a. Well, we need a. Well, we
0: do know they get. We, we do know they get disparred and their license. That's is removed, right. I mean, look at what happened you know, to Serene like, so to maybe far, they are to
2: or whatever. Serene got friggin' you know delisted yeah. as well. You know, like there was there was some trying to, but yeah, we need a we need a Dennis DeNudo from the Castle. We need someone like that to yeah. stand up for the little guy. You know, like
0: <laughs> if you remember the movie.
2: We didn't five. Clive
0: Palmer said
2: he was launching some kind of Ah, okay, yep. So that was what I was going to bring up now too. So I was just showing this to Andy before on the screen here. So the Informed Medical Options Party, the IMOP Party, put this up. I'll just read this out for the listeners. Uh, Clive Palmer announced today he would be launching a High Court action against Prime Minister Scott Morrison's proposal to introduce a vaccine passport, Mm -hmm. even though it's pretty much here already. Uh, Mr Palmer said the proposal was unconstitutional and infringed on the rights of all Australians. Not wrong there, buddy. I will challenge Scott Morris as a quote. I will challenge Scott Morrison over this matter in the High Court. End quote. Said Mr. Palmer. Quote, our Prime Minister is blackmailing Australians with threats that they must be vaccinated, which is an attack. Excuse me on our liberty and our rights. This is a gross wrongdoing against Australians. This malfeasance cannot be tolerated, and I vow to make him personally accountable for any damages he causes Australian citizens. End quote. Mr. Palmer said the government's COVID response had been a disgrace. No shit. It's clear (laughs) that the people who have had the vaccine are still getting COVID and going to hospital. He still, uh, quote, So that was a quote there, he still allows pharma companies to have exemptions against them if there are future problems with the vaccine, and he has wasted millions of taxpayer dollars on pharma orders. Meanwhile, he is sending army troops into the streets to police our citizens. These acts are illegal, Mr. Palmer said. Regardless, again, quote, regardless of the cost and resources, I will hold him to account. I will make sure every asset he has will be taken from him. At this moment, I'm putting together a top legal team to fight his despicable actions, Mr. Palmer said. Well, look, maybe there is one person in this country with the balls to stand up for them. And I I actually do. Look, whether or not you agree with his politics on whatever other stance he's had in the past, this guy is, seems to be the only one that gives a damn. He has spent his own money, he's put his own hard-earned coin to uh, a massive massive mail-out, which I think has gone to almost all Queenslanders, to be honest. I think, did you get one in the mail? He had sent don't. a leaflet out, but I, we got one anyway and um, it was a four-page leaflet that you had to sort of peel to get open, that he sent to everyone in a, in a massive mailbox drop. It wasn't actually posted, it was just mailbox drop, so it might have gotten lost in the junk mail for a few people. Um, but he sent this, and he, all this information with regard to the TGA and their numbers and uh, you know, calling bullshit on everything and uh, it was awesome. I mean like Danielle took photos of it and we put it up in our groups and shared it and stuff but Uh, I haven't seen dick from anyone else this is the only guy that seems to be actually doing something and he's got the cash behind him to do this he's a fucking mining magnate if anyone's got the balls and the money to actually go up against this thing it's him so power to him and good luck to him and I really fucking hope he gets the support he needs and he sticks to his guns and he actually achieves something from this maybe he's going at the wrong person maybe he shouldn't really just be challenging Scott Morrison on a vaccine passport, but, I mean, maybe that's just one of the, the bullets in the chamber he's got loaded, ready to go. I'm not too sure. Andy, what do you make of that, mate, what I've just read out there? I mean, are you happy when you see something like that?
1: Oh, it's so good, isn't it? I mean, uh, also, you should mention um, Craig Kelly and George Christensen. Two, yes, another two good guys. Um, yeah. Who have really, really been on the front foot like, against this pandemic. But, um, but yeah, you're right. Mr. Palmer has got some cash behind him. So, you know, uh, like a... Like a statewide campaign. I think he a...
2: wants to team up with Craig Kelly, actually. Oh, okay. I think he's put it to him to come to join together. Anyway. I mean, he's very
1: like-minded, mm. you know. Uh, it's interesting to see where the politics of all of this is going, uh, you know. And you see with, like, Craig Kelly that he was, he's now divorced from the Liberal Party because of the whole... You know, like disagreements internally in regards to the whole scandemic. Yeah, you've and got to stick to the on. narrative
2: and can't go from there. Yeah, it, yeah,
1: yeah. Right? So, um, you know, you you see in the public, you see publicly that certain politicians are, you know, rolling out of these like major political parties because they see suddenly see the truth. It's like, you know, it's amazing. But uh, out of all of those backbenchers and, and like, you know, lower house members, you know, like these are the, these are the only two, um, I mean, I mean, Mr. Palmer isn't even in the Senate or the parliament uh, anymore, is he? I don't think so. Do no, you? no, I'm sure that he's not. So
2: he's basically, he's, he'll get back, you know, I think with, if he starts doing stuff like this and then he runs oh, so. in whatever the next election is, yeah. uh, he'll get support because he's the only one who's trying to go up against this sort of shit, you know, yeah. and then, uh, he'll at least have some actionable stuff that he can say, hey, look what I've been doing, folks, you know, like, anyway. Oh, definitely, yeah. you know, like... He'll I get mean, some votes out of
1: this. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. And and anyone who, like, wanted to actually, like, have a chance of running to the lower house or even to the council starts running on these agendas, I'm sure they'll get so much more support than if they just, like, run run their campaigns on their own pretty face on a picture, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, with either the red or the blue, yeah. The red or the blue, yeah, or the... Yeah.
2: Interesting. Full on. Yeah. Um, I think we might, uh, I've got nothing else, no other input, um, with regards to the, this lawfulness topic at all. Um, Lisa, uh, Ethan, are you, did you any, have anything to add to that particular discussion mate? or if there's, anything else, Lisa, no, just, if there's anything else you want to ask as well?
3: No, just interesting in regards to Clive Palmer and stuff. I, I've said this privately with people, you know, um, we we've always been a fake first world country we're not a real first world country like <laughs> the united states and all of these other countries we're just a economic uh kind of country that is sort of propped up through economics and fake data and fake stats and have to import every year to keep the economy going etc cetera, etc cetera. and they do the same thing with the gender gap as they do with the the, the average wage in australia they just add it all up and then divide it to get the the average in between that. So the the disproportionate rich people just like put the chart up more than it should be. And most people don't earn that. And my point is, is that unlike the U S and stuff, we don't have just heaps and heaps of millionaires in this country. that just have heaps of money that are like in Texas where everyone's challenging the election and all this type of stuff where Mm. people just have millions of dollars just off of businesses that they've run you know, they don't. We don't have those types of of players that have Clive Palmer money. You know, we only have a couple like Clive Palmer. You know, that have that kind of money that could really mm. go through those big legal challenges. So, it's good to see that type of thing because, you know, we don't have those resources. I'm sure if we were a proper first world country like the US, etc., we'd have plenty of millionaires and, you know, tycoons that would be would be happy to challenge it. So yeah, we'll have point. to see where this goes. Yeah. Yeah
2: yeah i agree actually yeah uh, it's good Andy. to see either way yep. anything yeah anything to add on that one at least or
0: lisa um well two things i want to i want to make sure i i get in um one is with regard to the clive palmer thing it is fantastic that and craig keller i think rod Cullerton is also you yeah, know he's gap, yeah. really against all of this i um follow his page as well yep. the problem is with that is that we are seeing now a groundswell of numbers where we could actually get another party into power other than Libs or Labor. However, we've got so many small parties that the vote is going to be diluted. So, and I I mean look the argument about whether the vote is legit or not et cetera, that's another that's a whole nother episode <laughs> however i'm concerned about all i would like to see all of these alternative small parties all rally together on 20 policies that they could all agree with and and form one one big alternative party that maybe would give us a shot um, but whether that's going to happen, it's probably just dreaming. Um, I don't know. But it's good to at least see we have politicians that are are at least challenging the freedom the propaganda. We need a freedom the party. Freedom party. <laughs> um, the other thing I did want to mention on the COVID thing and legality was a very interesting thing that I found in during my my research this week was about the check in app. So. There are apparently two apps. There's like a national, a federal app. Yeah. And each state has their own app. Yep. So on both, everyone says, oh, it's mandatory. It's mandatory. So what I've discovered is that it is mandatory for, the for Queensland under the Public Health Act for a business yep. to install it and display the QR code.
2: It's not mandatory for a person to use it.
0: Yes, for an individual. So, That's bus- right. so and businesses do not have the authority to enforce it either. So two points on that. One, a very interesting case in New South Wales. Avi uh, reported on it, the Port of Burke Hotel versus the New South Wales Police Department. This guy had an altercation with a drunk patron um, in his uh, in his pub uh, who wouldn't wear his mask. And he got glassed and got all cut up and everything like that. So he basically, when he got back and you know went back to work, he was like, "And he's the publican. Uh, he's like, I'm not, I'm not risking my life to make people wear masks. Like, forget it. I'm not enforcing it." So anyway, apparently somehow this got to the police. Some Karen must have rung up and made a complaint. Mm. I don't know. I believe that's how it started. Mm. And the police did a whole weekend sting all the way to Burke. They drove from Sydney all the way to Burke, right, and uh, and did a weekend sting and then slapped him with two $10,000 fines. Oh. Um, yeah, right, for not enforcing it. Anyway, they went to court and whatever happened, the magistrate ended up ruling that, the Port of Burke Hotel does not have authority under any legislation to enforce any of the public emergency measures and therefore does not have to. There you go. He's not authorised. A business is not authorised. So that's – there you go. That was in New South Wales. So I believe that that's that positive. applies – That's positive. Yeah, to everyone. Yep. Um, and then in the Queensland Government Health um, page on the app – It says, businesses must make all reasonable efforts to collect contact information, including staff, blah, 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 unless an exception applies. It doesn't tell you what the exception is, though. And then it says, businesses do not need to request information from a person entering in an emergency to provide emergency services or a child under the age of 16. And then it says, contact information does not need to be collected if it presents a risk to someone's safety, for example, a risk of violence towards staff or other patrons. Hmm. So, in other words, if you get a bit aggro, (laughs) you don't have to... They're like, you don't need to collect it. But it it doesn't say it's mandatory. And I've read, Hmm. like, a couple... It says here, what happens if a customer does not want to use the Check-in Queensland app. And the government's answer is, it is the customer's responsibility to ensure that they have checked in at different locations. Businesses that are mandated to use the app under the direction must register their business for the app and ensure it's easily available for customers. Yep, if they're right. able, they can have staff to encourage people to check in when they arrive. Yeah, that's right. So basically it it's not nowhere yeah. that they have to sign in that's to right. be served.
2: It's not mandatory for any no. any of us in the public to walk into a place and have to check in. It it is mandatory no. apparently for the business to have it and display it and make it available. We do yep. not have to do it. It is optional no. for us to do it. And if they yep. kick up a stink and stuff then well, they don't get your business, but you can then well, just say to them, "Well, give me a give me your um your you know your your pen and paper, and I'll write, I'll sign in, and I'll write something down."
0: No, and, no. Um, what I'm I'm going to suggest is I'll give you this link. I'm going to put it on the uh, our your will be done restore democracy page. I'm going to put it on my personal page. I'll give it to you, to mm-hmm. Ethan, uh, to Andy, to Adam. We'll share this around and instruct people to go to this page and print this out, because what I've learned. In the last six months, is that you cannot try to tell anybody anything. You have to show them the yeah, piece of paper. I, I get what you're it's saying. Queensland.gov.au. Yep. You know, yeah, it's official. It's from the Queensland yep. <laughs> Health Department. Yeah, oh, or they don't believe you.
2: Yeah, no. So uh, I, I, I get that. Watching. And I do, again, we'll put that that link in the show notes as well. If you can send it to me, when um, yeah. just paste it in the chat comments here or something, um, yep. that'd be good. And I'll put that in the show notes for for everyone as well. Um, but yeah, but so basically, yeah, what you're saying is, you know, it, what I said before. But what I've what I, and I wanted to just add to this particular topic, right? So uh, I've done it just as a because I wanted to sort of test the waters, right? So I went to Coles and the lady was like, "Oh, yeah, standing at the thing where you go in. Oh, just make sure you check in." I went, "I don't know, thanks. I'm not doing that." And I and, uh, said, "Oh, have you got a manual one I can sign?" And they said, Oh yeah, it's just over there at the service can. And I went, okay, no worries. And I could have just that, I could have just ended it there and I just could have just walked yep. in and kept doing what I'm doing. But I went, Oh, I'm gonna see what they've got here. So I went up to the service can. and said, Oh, have you got the sign in thing? She said, Oh yeah, it's just on that clipboard there. And she just pointed to it and I went, Oh, it's on the other side of the can. So I just reached over and grabbed it. And um Yeah, I could have then I could have just taken it and just walked off and taken everyone's name and phone mm-hmm. numbers and all their personal information. You know what I mean? Because yep. and then, of course, Bill Gates checked into that particular Coles, um, because that's what I, I sign in under, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, and, I, and what I do, I just whatever the previous person who signed in, I just use that same phone number, but I put Bill Gates as the name, um. But yes, that's what that's they do. Right. Um, but I could, and that's, that's a risk to me. To me, that is an absolute security risk because anyone can Absolutely. then go and access that data. So, anyone who's, and what I wanted to do was actually, um, I wanted to go around and, and photograph and take pictures of these people, yep. of these sign in sheets at these businesses and go, and then email it to the proprietor and go, just so you know, fuck with, you've had all these people's personal data available, and I've just copied all of that. You know what I mean, yeah. and like, what are you gonna like? What are you gonna do? You cannot have that available there for people to do that, and like, oh, you know, and I, I need, they need to do something else other than just have a clipboard with some paper that anyone can get access to all their personal private details. That's a, well, to me, that's a security I will never stalkers. sign in anywhere and do that. Stalkers. anyone. That's what I mean. So child
0: predators, you this know, this whole thing has got
2: no leg to stand on.
0: Following a family with children. And it go into and and you know, this was back in the beginning. I brought this up many times to people in restaurants and in cafes. I'm like, this is just sitting here. What if I have a stalker and you want me to write my phone and and, and my name down here and this guy's following me and he just comes in behind me, buys it and takes a photo. Like it's so dangerous. Mm. So I believe that's why they really started pushing the app. But again, it all boils down to the fact that we don't have to sign it. And it's right there on the government website that we don't have to sign it. So, you know, you get in more trouble for signing it falsely than you do for not actually signing it. So I I would suggest everyone just print that out and don't sign it. Yeah, nice. (laughs) Good stuff.
1: I get the feeling with some of these big major corporations like Coles Woolworths and stuff, they're not really like enforcing it that much not no i like, not like back in the early days because they know they
2: can't no, my local
0: calls doesn't there's I've no seen, one at-
2: i've actually seen people who have gone on the messenger and and um to like their, their facebook social media page and, and pose the question to them um you know what's the actual rule can do you have to do you have do i have to sign in and, and scan in and and they've posed the question to them, and they've answered back and said, it's actually optional for the public to do so. Mm. You know what I mean? So they've, even, mm. they've admitted it themselves. All business, mm. they, they need to know that. So, But I get what you're saying. So I'll put that in the show notes for everyone else to check out there. But I wanted to just, we're getting a, uh, nearly to an hour and a half for the episode, so I wanted to just sort of yep. keep moving here a little bit. Um, Andy, I'm going to throw it to you, buddy, because uh, mm. Ethan and I, we did the show last, uh, for episode 19. Um, you, your worst kids scheduled, of course, be on that show as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ethan and I, we um, uh, which we've done before with yourself and I and stuff, we've done the show together because some little fuckers broke into your place and stole some shit, stole a car and all that. And it, it, honestly, uh, Ethan and I were so gutted for you. We were raging, weren't we, Ethan? We were so fucking upset for you. We couldn't believe that this thing would happen to a bloke like you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I wanted to, you to just let the let the listeners know because I had people messaging me going, is Andy all right? Has he got yeah, his stuff yeah. back? You know, people were actually... They were they were feeling for you, buddy. You know what I mean. Um, yeah. Just to, if you just want to just tell the listeners, give us an update on what's going look, on and stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We were we were cleaned out of all of our you know like stuff, and look, it is only stuff. But yeah, we're, me and me and my wife too. We were pretty we were pretty gutted and pretty foul for a few days, and um, you know, and it's just it's such a violation when someone like. You know, it's it's just the worst thing, you know, like, and, and, uh, we were having a little bit of a sleep in, it was like 6.15 in the morning and, and then both of our cars are being backed down out of the driveway and it was just, just lucky that I was able to interrupt them enough to actually like, you know, stop your car from, stop my car from, from, from going. Um. But uh, but yeah, look. Uh, thanks to everyone who 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 did message and um, we were putting the good vibes out there for it's everybody. It's like cool, brother. You know? Yeah, you know. But uh, look, it's been a couple of weeks. We have settled down, and uh, you know, we're in the motions with uh, dealing with insurance companies, and you know, getting through all the all the bullshit. But yeah. um, but look, the, you know, the thing from the police, you know, and it's probably something for another episode, but. Um, you know, there's so many gangs and groups and things that, that are just basically like, it's just laws. Um, they,
2: they do whatever they want, don't they? Well,
1: it's basically do whatever you want. If you're under 18 in this country, then you can, like, you've basically got a free reign to do whatever the hell you want.
2: Because like. Yeah, because if you're a minor, you can, you can break into yeah, um, houses, steal cars, do whatever you want. As soon mm. as you turn 18, that's expunged. Your criminal record is gone.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, these people, they just simply, they don't care. Mm. Like, this is the big thing from the police is they don't care. They don't care if they're caught. They, they weren't can... waiting
2: for you to leave home. You were home. You guys yeah, were at yeah, yeah. home in bed. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. were
1: just upstairs and they like, fuck They were helping the themselves to everything there. So, um, so, yeah, they don't think like normal people. Like they don't think, oh, you know, should we, shouldn't we? They just walk into, like, Everyone's house. They go and check everyone's doors and stuff. So look, I'm not gonna go on all, all night about it, but like basically the big thing that we took out of the thing is for God's sake, people, with your car keys, you can't steal a car in these days without a car key. The the days of like gymming the lock or shoving a screwdriver into the you know the barrel of the key or <laughs> yeah, sort of thing those, those days are yeah. long 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 gone so they need your car keys so when you go to bed at night um, take your keys up into the into the bedroom with you Put them put them somewhere near where you sleep. It'll it it may save a lot of heartache. And if we'd done that, it would have saved us a lot of trouble. Yeah, please. Good
2: advice. That's a good tip, actually. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, but anyway, yeah. Like we're all cool. All right. we're, we're, we're you know. Thanks for forever. sharing that, mate. Yeah. Thanks, like girl. I said, like we were we were filthy, <laughs> man. We
2: were, Ethan and I were just like, this is just of all people, like. Thanks again. Again, we were saying people out there don't realize how much of a fucking good bloke Andy is. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's a yeah, fucking yeah. top guy and. I mean that from the bottom of my heart, man. Like uh, you're a we, 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 I talked about it on the episode. I won't go into it again. You, you, you listen it back. You, he actually hasn't even listened to the fucking oh, episode, Ethan. It, yeah. He hasn't. He's been so busy, probably <laughs> helping out a thousand people, but yeah, he hasn't even gotten around to listening to it yet, Ethan. So yeah, he yeah, hasn't yeah. heard all the well wishes and everything we gave him on the props. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say again, like it was just just so you can let the folks know. So I appreciate you letting thanks, us know man. and telling us and giving us an update. Um, okay. But um, the other thing I wanted to mention as well, boy, um, boys. So. Uh, as you know, I had a, a friend of mine contact me and say, look, um, I've got a contact, I know someone who's within the government, um, and they've said this to me, they reckon another lockdown coming with possibly within the next week. Um, I don't know, you know, what, so I went, wow, thanks for letting me know, like, I mean, has this, has this person, you know, you know, what's, what's the, the connection? I won't say it on the air here, of course, I'll tell you off air, boys, um, but they let me know, and they said, you know, this person has, has been able to get the goss, and they predicted all the other lockdowns that have happened before it happened, um, and gotten the word out to people they know. Um, so, I'm, and now this person has been able to tap into that, and I, I put it out uh, on July twenty third. So was it last Friday or something uh, put in an, a, a, uh, an article saying breaking Queensland to be placed in another lockdown as early as next week um, my guesstimations on why that happened were, weren't exactly on par because I thought it might have been something to do with that stupid oh you know there's a, a flight attendant that fucking went to Sydney and then spread around or whatever like whatever the bullshit story was then um, it wasn't actually to do with that of course but they did say that their you know their, their advice was right that here we are we're in lockdown once again the we we well, I hate to say, it, but we called it. You know, the the my contact was correct. Uh and here it is locked down once again for us right now. So uh, I wanted, I sort of kept getting trying to put that as much as possible, let people know that it was coming, you know, just so people don't sort of make plans and stuff. But my other motivation was for, for getting out there was to perhaps try and stifle the plan so that if enough people knew about it, that maybe they wouldn't get away with it. But uh, lo and behold, here it is again anyway. It's lockdown city 5.0, 6.0, who fucking knows? I've lost track. Um, but yeah, just want to let people know that that was, uh, something we put out a while ago. So if I get some more information for any more further ones, I'll be sure to get it out again. And, you know, maybe people might take it a little bit more seriously. I don't know. I just wanted to sort of let that one, put that one out there for the folks.
0: (laughs) I think you're now officially allowed to post the same meme thing that I posted after the June 29 fiasco, because we were saying for weeks, you know, as soon as... And you were too. It, nearly everyone was that as soon as those emergency powers were about to run out, we were going into lockdown, which of course had happened. And I posted, I posted this thing on Facebook, and it said, "I no longer, uh, after after the after the emergency powers predictions, I am no longer identifying as a conspiracy theory. I am now a prophet." <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Nice. I like and it. I think you have now officially, uh, you are allowed to post that as well. There you
2: go. Beautiful. <laughs> Thanks, mate.
0: <laughs> we are now all identifying as prophets.
2: And the other, the other thing, I, folks, I wanted to touch on. I'll, um, I'll, I might ask you this as well, Lisa. But um, uh, everyone in the country, of course, would be getting a letter at the moment and have been seeing the ads on TV. Uh, good old census is coming up once again. Uh, we got our letter in the mail the other day. Um, it wasn't a form to fill in it's all that they're they're pushing the entire thing I think online these days now rather than sending out a form to people um, they've obviously ironed out the kinks from the last fiasco they're trying to do it online again when the whole thing crashed on census night Um, we'll see if that happens again for them See if they've learned from their lesson yet. But I wanted to put this out there for the folks so that they can um, actually clarify what's really going on and if they actually have to fill it out, right? So they're telling you it's the law and blah, blah, blah. So I had Danielle and I were sort of doing some research on it. Uh, And on the census.abs.gov.au website uh, forward slash privacy section that says, is the census compulsory? It says, the census is compulsory. It is conducted under the Act... uh, Sorry, under the authority of the Census and Statistics Act. This Act, it is law gives the Australian statistician the authority to request you to complete the census form. The ABS always asks for willing cooperation. However, if you refuse to participate in the census, the statistician may direct you to complete a form through a formal written notice. Uh, So I said there in my post on Facebook, I said, remember folks, the census must be completed. And I put in big caps, I said, if you receive a formal direction from a statistician. No formal direction from a statistician, no census. So technically, you don't have. You can just throw that motherfucker away. You don't need to fill that shit out and pass all your details and everything they want to find out from you, whoever, you know, in all the advanced questions they add every time there's a census. You don't actually have to do it on census night unless you are given a, a specific direction from the Australian statistician informal in writing directed to you by name. Uh, you don't actually have to participate in the census. So there you go. Just want to let people know that. Uh, That's good to know. Yeah. Any questions? Have any? Uh, Ethan, were you aware of that? I mean, we may have talked about that uh, on another podcast in the time or I'm not, I'm not too sure if you are aware of that at all. Yeah. No. It's it's very interesting information. General. Thanks mm-hmm. for that. Just saying, can you case yeah. anyone asks, and you they need in the, information to back it up, it even says it on their website. But you know, if you refuse, yeah. you know, the statistician may direct you. May even says may. It doesn't say will. Uh, may direct you to complete a form through a written formal you know formal notice. So.
0: Uh, no yeah. You know, no I, I'm in the boat, though. I've always filled in the census. And one of the reasons why I always have is because we're already in a minority. People like ourselves who are, you know, fighting for democracy and for rights and for freedoms and et cetera, et cetera. And I always, with the census, I do believe, you know, originally the census was, you know, it had genuine... Needs You need to know what population, so how much, you know, budget to allocate to mental health services and how many people are now in your area and all of these things, which let's face it, 99% of the questions on the census, they already have the answers to anyway, right? They know who you are and they know where you live and, and all of that stuff. But there are some questions in there that I've always felt, look, I'm already in a minority and I don't need the normies to to have control over everything. I need to put my two cents worth in so that at least there's a voice in there for those of us who are not being represented by 80% of the population. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does, Lisa. Yeah, it's like voting really, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I've always voted, too, and I know mm, people so. say, well, it's rigged and all of this. I mean, I would suggest there's a, a great movement for the next lot of elections. It's called Use a Pen, because I think we've talked about this before, Ethan and and, uh, and Lee, back in the day. There is no legal, you know, uh, document that you can sign with a pencil that's valid anywhere in the world, yeah. so take a pen with you and fill it out in pen. Um I know the preference voting is completely a corrupt system, and it and it doesn't really give us a chance to have really true fair elections. But I still do it in the hopes that my one vote for that smaller party is the damn vote that pushes them over the edges and gets them elected, because the more small like people, independents, etc., that we can have sitting in there representing us that's that's another voice you know that has access to the public for us so we've really got to try to get them in so yeah i i'm a i fill in the census i vote you know <laughs> hubby doesn't but i do <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah i mean it's up to individuals i'm not telling people not to do it i'm just saying if you don't want to do it you've got legal you've got you know reasons not to you know i'm not not telling anyone to do whatever no you guys you, you make your own decisions completely. yeah
0: uh, yeah, but I, I'm just I'm just sort of trying. I, I don't think a lot of people think of that other side of it. It's like we have a very small voice as it is, so we really need we really need to try to get out there and and get our voices heard because we are in a minority. And I just will take any tool. Oh yeah, necessary. the voting thing I get
2: too. Like uh, you know, participate or not, that's your own individual choice too. But and I yeah. think people probably should. But, um with regards to this this from what i understand the original reason for a census right was only for representation right so the government needed to know how many people lived in a certain area take a head count you know find out your name age and and where you are um so they know how many people you needed to have represent you in government in that particular area that was all that was really needed for i know that for a fact is the case in america that's the only reason why they started doing censuses over there but every time there's a census, there's just more and more questions more and more invasive stuff. How many, I mean, people were saying things like, well, I wanted not know how many toilets I had in my house and how many times we, had, we went out for dinner a week. Like they were asking, they we're getting really into people's lives and it was too invasive for my liking. So I'm like, you know, and if you start to quit to answer these things, they want answers for all the questions. And you know, every time you can't just skip ahead and, and leave part no. blank, they
0: want an answer for something if you start to participate. So I'm, I'm yeah. choosing
2: not to. So unless I'm given a direction And, and to if do you so. want to
0: go down the rabbit hole to those questions, that would lead towards things like they want to know how much disposable income do you have? Mm-hmm. How how mm-hmm. hard is life at the moment for you, you know? And then you know some of us who are down many rabbit holes would say well then they they know the areas to put screws in even harder mm, you know because mm. they've got to break your spirit I de- I in guess, order to have. i'd some like service. to know
2: this year if they're if they're asking questions about vaccination or anti vaccines or your you know your feelings towards this yeah i'd like to know so if anyone does complete it and wants to give the guys feel free to send them, send them screenshots or whatever anyway send them through
0: well and yeah. And speaking of forms, can I quickly give a plug? Um, the AVN are putting out um, Merrill and, and on the AVN page uh, have put out a link to the now I can't remember what it's called, but it is a form to fill out that says that you do not give consent for the federal government to give any of your Medicare records regarding vaccination to the states. And I've seen a lot of discussion over that. People going, oh, that's just giving them a list to all the people who, you know, are unvaccinated and blah, blah, blah. They've had this information for years. This is this form's been available for years. Um, and why it is is again, it came back to what I said before about the states are responsible for health. So in order to find out who is unvaccinated and, and get access to your health records which is Medicare which is federal the federal government has to give the states that information mm. now if you fill in this form you are preventing the federal government from giving the state your information and your vaccination vaccination history, so they won't know are you or aren't you, mm-hmm. have you had any vaccines or not. Mm-hmm. So I've printed go those ahead out, and I'll, I'll
2: be sending those yep. in myself. I've got them sorted for my family. Uh, yep. Yeah, I might, to, done, I might have to put so. a link in the show notes for people as well to mm-hmm. uh, to do that themselves if they so wish
0: to. Yeah, but it's been around for years. People are saying, "Oh, this is just a big thing that they're doing it now, so that the government." we'll know who's yeah, an, who's I, an anti-vaxxer that's not true. That? No, that's it's not true. not true. it's been around for many 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 years Correct. so
2: yeah yeah
0: everyone it. do it <laughs> thank you for adding that too yeah i i wouldn't i oh.
2: Again, everyone's their own. As their own. I'm not telling anyone to do anything. I would encourage folks to to listen carefully to what we've just what you've just said. Then too, mm-hmm. and I know I I will be doing that. I don't want them passing any information on to the states or to third parties. Like if they then mm. um, tender yeah. out for a company to come in and, and organise the vaccine passport or to roll it out or to administer it or whatever. Yes. Uh, I don't want them having any of that access to my information. So and if you don't, if you tell them not to, you are automatically opted into doing that. So um, sick of their fucking automatic opt-in bullshit, like yep. they did with oh, the my, my health bullshit. stuff. Uh, ID or my gov or whatever it is, you know, they did the automatic opt in and they flipped it. We talked about that back in the day too. So, um, what do Lisa?
0: they say? Silence is uh, yeah. silence is acceptance.
2: Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, right. If you don't say anything, then you're, um, you're going along with it. Yeah, basically. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're complying with it. Um, Ethan, anything further to add um, before we wrap it up now?
3: No, all good, mate. All good. Nothing else to uh, to add. I've, I think we've covered quite a bit in yep. this show, and um, I think that, especially with the legal element of things that we were talking about earlier, which mm. we've obviously reverted back to here at the end as well. We've never it's really very, touched on that before, have we? It's very similar. You know, it's a very present thing, and I think it relates to previous podcasts that we've done where we've talked about people. You know, not just believing what you hear, do the research, do the information, look for yourself. And that's what Lisa's done here today with her investigations and has raised some really good points. And I think with some of our campaigns, you know, I think it's a good thing to to potentially get in contact with these people and try to wake them up, civil liberty campaigners and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I think we've covered a lot here today. So I, I appreciate Lisa coming on and all the
1: listeners sticking with us.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Ethan. Andy, uh, any further you wanted to add for this one, mate? um uh, no i think it was a pretty comprehensive show
1: general awesome.
2: um look uh yeah just
1: uh, everybody uh, stay stay true to yourself and um you know keep on keeping on uh, uh, this thing eventually has to come to an end so
2: we're all good awesome yeah. thanks buddy um yeah I, the only thing i had to uh, add before we uh wrapped it up is i i put a snippet um, folks, you, I, I mentioned in the previous one, previous show that, uh, one of our awesome listeners, Nigel has, um, he's commissioned himself and others to, with upon my request, if he wanted to do it, to, um, do up a new song for, for the podcast, um, for the intro outro, cause I no longer use the, um, you know, the, the Pfizer fighters or the Foo Pfizer's or whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, cause they're bowing to, to all that bullshit. That was pretty funny, but, um, yeah, so I no longer use them and I've, it's got a temporary one now I use for the intro and outro, uh, but these guys, Nige and his buddies, um, you've got some musos and singers and things from all around the world, New Zealand and Alabama and the States, and he himself here, You know, and um, look, to be honest, I'm not going to play it now. I will drop it when it's ready to be dropped, um, and I'll put it out for my Patreon people first of all. They'll get first dibs on that one to listen to it, but he sent me about 99% complete version of it i think i forwarded it to ethan and andy only and that is uh going to be kept under wraps for the time being but how good is it it rocks doesn't it it's a fucking awesome song very cool um yeah he's done an amazing job absolutely i'm so happy with it it's awesome it's it rocks guys um a little bit of i wouldn't know would you call it rap maybe at the beginning ethan not too sure um but anyway hits on a real good political nerve really goes yeah kind of shakes people loose a bit too with a bit of that sort of um, but a bit of good message on it, anyway. So I won't I won't spoil any more because he hasn't said yeah. I've got permission to uh, to put it out there yet. When he gives me permission, once he says gives it, gives it the final tick of approval and it's ready to ready to drop, I will uh, start using it, folks. Hopefully, it might be just in time for the get go of um, season four, actually, because that's only about four four episodes away. So. Might, if you might even just leave it until then, actually. <laughs> I'll keep everyone waiting, but it's going to be awesome. I gave you a bit of a snippet on the last one for about 40 seconds or 30 seconds of it. Um, so if you like that one, yeah, make sure you, you um, get involved in the next one. Anyway, that um, that about wraps up for Season 3, Episode 20. Lisa, thanks so much for uh, coming on. I'm, I'm glad you, you said yes to being able to, to come on the show and have you uh, say, talk about what you've been able to discover and appreciate your time. We've, we've been going for about two hours now. Um, so thank you so much, Lisa. Um, we will have to get you back on again soon in the near time future, if, especially if you find out anything else with regards to the information you've been trying to dig up. So thank you from uh, all three of us, boys.
0: You know, thank you for having me. Um, I've missed, I've missed being involved um, a little bit more uh, well, hands-on than what I have been so yeah this may be my (laughs) my official re-entry good the more people in the fight the better hey and thanks for thanks for picking up the gloves
2: and putting them on again mate well done no worries thank you for having me awesome all right folks we'll wrap it up there that's um that's it for the show I'll catch you all uh next one
0: you have been listening to the general knowledge podcast Please show your support for alternative independent media in Australia and join our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Real News Australia.
2: of nature, Mr. Beale, and I won't have it. <laughs> you are
1: an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems, one vast and immense interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. That is the natural order of things today for themselves and less for everybody else but I'll tell you what they don't want they don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking they don't want well-informed well educated people capable of critical thinking they're not interested in that that doesn't fucking place it's a big club and you ain't in it you and I are not in the big club am I getting through to you Mr. Beale? you get up on your little 21 inch screen and howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world. The world is a college of corporations, inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world is a business, Mr. B.